in the first verse, um, Jing Melimpa talks about mind itself. You mentioned the word mind itself. Other words for mind itself is the nature of mind or unconditioned awareness, pure awareness, pure consciousness, awakened awareness, the ground, Buddha nature, Rigpa in Tibetan language. And the whole text is um, a pointer to the recognition of mind itself. And then there is Sam, the conditioned mind, the moving mind. And tonight I would like to use as a metaphor the mirror and the reflections in the mirror. Other metaphors being used as the clouds and the sky. So mind itself is the mirroring capacity of the mirror. And mind, or conditioned mind, are a reflection in that capacity, which come and go. Reflections in the mirror right now, in this experience, are our thoughts, sensations we have in our body, the sounds we hear, what we see, all that are the reflections in the mirror, and what this text tries to do is to entangle us from the appearances in the mirror and to inhabit or discover that we all always have been and we always will be the mirroring capacity. So in our confused state of mind and in the distortion of reality, we make our home address the appearances in the mirror. That's samsara, that's suffering. And liberation and awakening is a shift of identity, a shift of your home address from that which appears, the furniture in the room, the clouds in the sky, thoughts and feelings, but to shift our home address, our sense of I am, so we shift our sense from I am such and such, I am my personality, I am my thoughts, I am my feelings, I am this body, I am not good enough, all the, everything we can put into the blank after I am. And that's all appearances in the mirror. So this shift of your home address from 
I am my body, I am my thoughts, I am my name, I am my personality, into I am. I am. That could be called awakening or a first a first shift in the process of awakening. So right now you can notice whatever you experience right now, sensations in the body. the thoughts you have right now. All that are the appearances in the mirror. Appearances in within the capacity of mirroring. And that what is being mirrored, the appearances in the mirror, they change all the time. You have different thoughts and feelings than you had one hour ago or ten years ago. But there is something which does not change. A presence. Like the deepest sense you can imagine of I am. And then you even need to let go of I am. Because I am is also just words. So initially it could feel a little that you entangle yourself a bit from the content of your experience where usually our attention goes. And in our case often our attention goes into stories. So we entangle ourselves a bit from that. And we kind of very lightly turn our attention. It's not a focus, so it's a it's a light movement carried by a, a passion, a curiosity of wanting to know who am I really? What is my real home? So you make that movement, and then you rest. Yeah. So it is, is, it, is, it is as if the mirroring capacity of the mirror would just openly and without any question just gave space to the appearances coming and going and finding its home in the appearances, suddenly becomes curious, hey, who am I really? What is that which is mirroring? What is that which is aware? What is that which is conscious? Or you could also ask who. Yeah. It's just that we are not looking for a person, because the person is always an appearance in the mirror. It is an object of awareness. So in the first verse, what Tong Mesangpo also uh, not Tong Mesangpo, that's the other text, Jing Melimpa says, 
and it is undescribable, ungraspable. Yet, I'm going to use metaphors. So it is important to get a sense of the difference between kind of understanding the words, like, okay, yeah, mind itself is like space, he says in the first verse, mind, and then we have a mental image. Or when we use the metaphor of the clouds and the sky, and then you think, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, there is a sky, I can kind of feel it, and there's the clouds, and that's what's moving. So that's the metaphor. And what is important with whatever I say and what is ever being said in this text, that we hold it lightly, transparently. It's, it's a stepping stone, but often it becomes more an obstacle, actually. That's why some Buddhist tradition don't say anything about mind itself. They just deconstruct the appearances. And then what is left when you deconstruct the appearances in the mirror, is the mirror itself, the, mir- the, the capacity to mirror. And they don't say anything about mind itself, about the ground. So one difference between... Metaphors, of course, they have always their shortcomings. So one big difference between the mirror-like capacity of our I am the eternal, infinite, timeless, transpersonal, mirroring capacity of I am, pure consciousness, is not reflecting a world out there like a mirror does. So the, 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 the appearances in the mirror, they are a reflection of a real world out there. So that's where the, the appearances in the mirror come from. But here, in the view of Dzogchen, the appearances in the mirror, that which appears in consciousness, is not coming as a reflection from an outside world. It's coming as a radiance out of the mirroring capacity. Seth, can I communicate that? (laughs) So, One image that you see in the Dzogchen tradition is the sun and the rays of the sun. So the sun here as a symbol for mind itself, the source. So now the sun looks out and doesn't recognize the sun rays as radiance from herself, but she recognizes as other. And that's the first moment of the dualistic split. That's the first moment of dukkha, of suffering, of tension, of the other. And then that relationship to the other, which is not the other, it is just seen as the other. So the the sun cuts herself up out makes a separation from herself and her luminosity and the sun rays. And then she starts to grasp. 
I don't like these sun rays, and I'm not, I like these. So another um, kind of shortcoming of talking about mind itself and mind, or the clouds and the sky, or the mirror-like quality and the appearances in the mirror is, that's still dualistic. So it's a provisional, a provisional metaphor. What can happen when we take this metaphor to literal is that we are looking for mind itself somehow beyond or beneath or behind the appearances. But the mirroring capacity and the appearances in the mirror, they are not separate from each other. They are not in two different places. They are in the same place. The knowing of appearances the knowing itself, the pure knowing and the appearance, they are in the same place. The knowing is not behind. It's not like there's the knowing and it knows something. So, the stillness, the peace, which we, which we yearn for, is not found outside of what is happening right now. It is found, it is recognized right, right in the appearances as it is. Infinite love, infinite peace is not found behind or outside or in a transcendental space beyond for example, the sensation in the body, but right there, right in there, right in the maybe slightly tense or unpleasant or disturbing experiences in the body. It's not that we're breaking through them, we're breaking into them. We are not trying to bypass them or transcend them. We step right there into the, into what is in this moment. Because the appearances, however we would call them, pleasant or unpleasant, they are the sun rays. So practically what that means or in our practice when we start the practice of just sitting or anatal meditation is a ruthless willingness to experience what you experience without trying to fix it, without trying to control it, without going to thoughts. That is a counter-instinctual. Because our instinct says when there's something unpleasant, 
run. Run into thoughts, run into stories, run into solutions. This is not it. This is not the paradise. This is not home. So, we, we think in a moment of contraction that home or the paradise is somewhere else than in the contraction. We hope that we get something in the future, we find a solution, we get what we want, and then that will help us to go into paradise, missing paradise, missing heaven, missing completion, right there in the present moment, in the mud, in the fogginess, in the exhaustion, in the confusion. And uh, Ken McLeod describes this like this. The truly surprising discovery is that when we stop trying to sort out the muddle, the muddle, I guess we are all have a sense that we are kind of in a muddle right now. Maybe it's not very thick. Maybe it is. So, to stop trying to sort out the muddle. How do we we try to sort out the muddle? Usually is we go to thoughts. We go to stories. We go to blame, to explanation. We go to hope. So the invitation here is to relax that. With the confidence or with the trust, with the faith, with the faith, with the faith, that what you're seeking is right there in the mother. And in order to slip into liberation, in order to disidentify with the body as you, we need to go deeply into the body deeply into the present moment, what is. Breathing into it. Being curious about it. Exploring it. So, when we stop trying to change it, when we stop trying to change it, so, all these meditation instructions, even if they are not yet connected with the direct path, they are about letting things be, allowing, accepting. Yeah, so that's like probably these kind of words I just said are the most frequent words in my guided meditations. Even if the teachings or the practice at that moment still belong to the progressive path, 
it's a bit like a preparation, kind of flexing the muscle, the capacity to explore what does it actually mean to let go or let be or allow or accept. So your 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 heart, your body kind of starts to learn that movement, which is difficult to describe what, what that is. Yeah? That relaxation, when we stop to struggle with what is. It's difficult to describe or impossible to describe how actually to do it. But it's a bit like, it's a bit like this, you know? So like this, and then it's like this. You let go. And your body can do that. When we stop struggling with what we are experiencing and just experience it, so that's the practice, just experiencing it. No label, no, just experiencing it without mental images without labels, even even without the label pleasant and unpleasant, just experiencing it, stepping right into it, losing yourself into it in a way, becoming as intimate with your experience as it is right now as possible. So what happens then? He says, attraction, aversion, and indifference. Attraction, aversion, and indifference. You know, the three poison, or the sometimes called the three poisons. The, the, the immediate cause for suffering. Attraction, aversion, and indifference to what we are experiencing drop away and the space opens up. A space opens up. So a space opens up. That is the the um, the emerging or the 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 revelation. So mind itself reveals itself, and mind reveals itself. Mind itself, Rigpa, reveals itself right there in the muddle. The space opens up. In that space, we discover a possibility that we did not know was there and could not have imagined. So I, I've said that last time. I like that he initially doesn't describe what that is. Yeah, what is that possibility? We might ask. We did not know what was there and could not have a possibility. He calls it. So that that's quite skillful because if he at this moment kind of premature would talk about peace and unconditioned love, then that would be just. A mental image, and then we would seek for that. So we we would we would seek not for the indescribable and ungraspable. We would seek for 
whatever we feel or whatever ideas we have of essence love or the nature of mind. So he just says a possibility opens up. Then he gives some example how some people would describe that. For some, he says, the possibility is the possibility of profound peace. For others, it is more a transparent clarity or a sense of limitless freedom. For still others, it is a sense of oneness and no, of no separation. So, that possibility is described and is labeled in the different mystic traditions with different words, depending on the belief systems. A Christian mystic would say the possibility, which what Ken McCloyd here calls a possibility, is God. So, again, to summarize that gesture, the invitation, where we, um, where we gravitate towards in the practice of just sitting or effortless meditation or how did I call it? Natural meditation. In other words, it is in knowing our own experience through and through. Knowing our own, our own experience in the present moment. Knowing that through and through. Layer after layer. And there are layers. So if you start this, pro this process or this, this shift, this shifting, from the doing to the being, you discover layers. So initially, maybe there's a lot of thoughts and feelings, and then you go a bit deeper, and then you feel the density in your body, and then, then beneath that, there's a layer of grief. Beneath that, there's a layer of vulnerability. Yeah, so it's like layer after layer. It is in knowing our own experience through and through that we discover the possibility of freedom. So let's sit quietly with that, with that invitation. So, yeah, it's okay uh, to kind of adjust your posture a little but important here that you don't make this a uh, special event. Yeah? Like this meditation event where something special should happen. Yeah? So it's just sitting. I mean, it's just, you could also, I mean, you could also just kept your position. You know, this, this practice is not connected with any particular body posture. But of course, we can maybe feel you know, some support if we 
uh, sit with a certain dignity and you know, we maybe it helps us to be a bit more alert, yeah? a bit more curious. And then, uh, so this practice, uh, we, we either close your eyes or you keep them open. Uh, it's actually more encouraged to keep your eyes open, but yeah, we will look at this uh, later in the course. Maybe for now you feel more, um, so to have the opportunity to really connect with your inner life, so then you close your eyes and we make this little journey inside yeah, to into our inner life. Yeah. And then later we ex include uh, the, the, the so-called outer life. So then shifting from the head into the body. So dropping. Towards. What is. And allow yourself to let go of the mental image of your body. and the mental image of parts of your body. If that is not possible, at least uh, perceive it as transparent. The body is energy. And then the breath can be an ally because the breath is always in the present moment. And the breath can support us to really step into the mud, the muddle whatever it is. Maybe it's rather peaceful right now, but whatever it is, if you resist, if you notice that you're looking for relief or you're looking, you're hoping that it will change, see if you can soften the grasping. Okay, McLeod says, knowing your experience through and through. And knowing your experience through and through means that you step into it, that you become 100% intimate. So much so that the I disappears, the distance disappears. 
and unhook from thinking. So that doesn't mean necessarily that the stream of thoughts stops, but it goes into the background and you explore what is here without referring to thinking, meaning without referring to words and without referring to mental images. What is here without words, without memory, without stories? the content of your experience, the sensations, sounds, the stream of thinking, that is the appearances in the mirror. And Notice how much we are addicted to making that our home address, inhabit that place, identify with it. That's who I am. These are my sensations, my thoughts, my feelings. Drop the word my and mine. What does it mean to be truly intimate? With what you experience. in the midst of your experience. And then Kemek Lloyd says, if we do this, if we truly allow this, the space opens up. What does he mean with that? So, a space opens up, and then you let go of a space opens up.
And then he says, some people experience this possibility as a kind of peace or a stillness. A peace and stillness which is pervading the movements. But somehow it's also bigger. A presence which contains but also pervades the appearances. Slide towards that infinite place which you already know, which you always have been knowing. It's ordinary. We are not looking for something special. It's simple. It's the closest thing you can ever imagine. It's I am. And even deeper than that. It's beingness. And it has nothing to do with you. It is the capital letter U. It's undescribable. It's nowhere and everywhere. It's outside of time. And it is not in it. It's nothing. You can't understand it. You can't get it. Because it is. It is already. You can't find it. Because there is no it. It is just this. boundaryless and centerless. It contains, it contains everything. It contains the whole world, the whole universe. 
and it also contains what you think you are. It's unbounded, limitless consciousness. And also that is only words. I am, then letting go of that as well. Unhook from thoughts. Just rest. Doing nothing. sense of the body, the sense of I, stories, all these are reflection in the mirror, appearances in mind itself. And they come and go. They are this, the display of your karma. And they don't matter. And yet, they are mysterious. Precious, unspeakable, beautiful. And maybe you sense a tenderness. A tenderness which does not come from the eye. I'm not talking about self-compassion or self-soothing. A goodness, a tenderness, a sense of being held, which does not come from you, you as the little you.
And maybe you can sense or with your intuition, with your heart, feel that all the appearances in the mirror, including the sense of I, what you usually think you are, is always infinitely held in love, in light. Christian mystic would say, you are always in the presence of God and you can never fall deeper than the hand of God. forget the words. Let yourself be meditated by the universe. Let yourself be meditated by the ultimate guru. Inhabit the thought-free space. What is most deeply yourself. And remember, what is being pointed to here is not beyond it's right there, right in in the mud, in how it is. 
Nothing needs to change. So one thing in this way of sitting, we are not trying to get us to a state and then maintain that state or deepen that state. This is, a, no, it's called glimpses, glimpse practices. So there is initially maybe only like split seconds. Split seconds where in the split seconds you don't understand what is being pointed to. But you get it. You don't get it here. But somehow you get it. Something resonates. Yeah, I know this place. I was there. When I got lost in the forest, when I was five, And I don't know what it is. Shit, how can I get it? How can I hold it? Can I deepen this? So, and then in the guidance, maybe then comes another slip. It's like slipping. So, our Meditation practice, all the things we do, our healing practice, the progressive path methods, they bring us to the cliff. And now we are standing there. All the healing stuff you have done, yoga, meditation, the teachings, Lamrim, Tara practice, 
So all this practice brought us to the clip, and now we need to slip into groundlessness, into this free fall. And uh, when the time is right, and we are ready, or we are ripe, and that ripeness also has to do with the first it has to do with the willingness to really feel what you feel, to be really here. And it has to do with taking the longing in your heart, this deep longing to go home, or however you can call it, a call which comes from here, but also which is calling you, that you take this into the center of your life. And then you slip, you tumble. This moment can be very scary. What protects you in the slipping is faith, trust. In the Tibetan tradition, trust in the Lama. And for most people, that slip, that glimpse, is not the complete falling into the groundless ground. You know, like Trungpa Rinpoche says, this moment is like jumping out of a plane and then suddenly realizing you don't have a parachute. And then realizing there's no ground. So it happens for some people that that slip is final. That's it. But it seems to be, at least so far in human, the, the, in the evolution of human consciousness, that, it, that that is rather rare. So for us, it will be a, a little bit more like slip and then maybe starting to fall, and then back to the cliff. Thoughts, feelings. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe it, you know, any kind of trying to describe or trying to hold on or any kind of shock. It can be also uh, like the slip can also immediately be reacted to by a contraction, by a shrinking. And then you slip and slip and slip and slip. You, 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 you seek out teachings, teacher, friends, environments, activities, where you start to notice, hey, that's condition where I tend to slip. You can't do the slipping. But you start to, you start to experience that certain texts, certain words, certain places, certain teachers let you slip. And then you seek them out. And you slip and you slip. And then you start to slip 
during your day. So you do your normal stuff, you are entangled in the conditioned mind, you are you have make your home address into the important me and what happens to me and what about me and I don't get out of this situation for me and so on. So you find yourself in and then suddenly maybe the instruction occurs in your mind, holy shit, what is aware of this slip? And then slowly, slowly, that slipping happens more and more frequently. And slowly, slowly, it becomes continuous. And you start to live from that place. Instead, you make that groundless ground your home, which it is always your home. Yeah? So it's a discovery of something which already is. That's why quite often it's not dramatic. Sometimes it is even overseen because we might have ideas of what liberation means, how it would feel. It has nothing to do with feel good. For a long time, the conditioned mind will do what it does, but there's nobody anymore experiencing it. So there's a long process in, in the Tibetan tradition, it's, called, it's the fourth path, the path of meditation, where you decondition that conditioning. And with, with that deconditioning, the innate quality of mind itself, of love, of service, of not only helping constantly, but helping in a way that it is always the most beneficial you can do in that situation. This is a very... I just want to mention it, and I guess I will talk about this more, right? you know, try to talk about this more. It's, for me, it's one of the most difficult to wrap my mind around. Recognizing that your experience is empty, that your whole experience are empty appearances within consciousness and don't really exist in a certain way, doesn't lead into indifference doesn't lead into, so, I don't care. There's no real I, there's no real other. So why should I help? That is a question of the confused I, of the distorted I. Because the experience is, because everything is empty, because everything is not exists not as it appears to be, the response to that from here, not the response from you, but the response from here is an unexpressible sense of wanting to help, wanting to be of service. It's a paradox. I don't, I don't, it's, it's, 
And I'm saying that because you know, one of the responses I often get you know, from people who maybe somewhat intellectually understand what it what I'm what it's meant when you read every everything is empty, everything is unfindable, everything is like an illusion, everything is like a dream. The response from people often is, yeah, but then why would we care? And that is a misunderstanding. So if in in the experience of that groundless ground, you notice a response of not caring, of indifference, of so what, nothing matters, then that's even worse, as Nagarjuna says, that's even worse as being completely confused and being identified with the little eye and thinking everything is real and serious and it exists as it appears. That's why in the, in the Tibetan tradition, they say you shouldn't teach emptiness to people who are not ready. So I hope we are all ready. <laughs>